You're listening to the Alpha Man Project with your host, Ted Rice. Would you like to be bigger, leaner, and stronger? Do you want to develop the confidence to go after what you want in life? Or how about becoming the man that women want to be with? It doesn't matter if you're a successful CEO or working 9 to 5. We're here once a week to empower you to reach your full potential so you can live life on your own terms. You deserve greatness. Now it's time to make it happen. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Find it all at alphamanprojects.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Alpha Man Project. I'm your host, Ted Rice. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I'm a huge believer in the power of martial arts and how it can change your life for the better, change anyone's life for the better, who is willing to learn and benefit from the physical training and the mental training that martial arts gives you. And you probably know that I have a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and that I've taught jiu-jitsu in a mixed martial arts gym here in South Florida. But what you may not know is that I've never done an MMA fight and it's something that I had always wanted to do and at this point I will ne- probably never do. I don't see that in the foreseeable future but I did train all those disciplines, the wrestling, the jiu-jitsu, the Thai boxing and how to put them together to win an MMA fight but I got an injury when I was uh, training for my first fight and it just stopped me in my tracks. I had a choice to make if I was going to focus on my business, my personal training business or MMA and I chose because of the pain I was feeling, I chose personal training instead, and I'm glad I did. But I've always wondered what drives these men and women who get into the cage, who put all the hours of training to develop themselves into a well-rounded mixed martial arts athlete, what pushes them to get past whatever adversity they may have in their life or whatever injury they may get from training or fighting to keep going? Because the reality is, we think money and fame, right? But the reality is that most of these men and women who do MMA, they don't make a lot of money. I have pro fighter friends who were selling their seat tickets in the venue to help pay money or to help uh, profit from fighting. And I have other friends who took them 10 years to get to the point where they could make a living doing MMA. So it's not that luxurious. It's not what you may think. Most of the people who do it don't get paid a lot. So what drives them to keep doing it? Who better to ask than and Mark Tullius, who is an Ivy League educated former MMA fighter who's gone around the country interviewing different MMA fighters to figure out what drives them, what type of people are they, and why they keep doing what they're doing, whether they're at the highest level of the sport or whether they're an amateur. Mark, really happy to have you here today and really looking forward to our discussion about this. Mark, thank you so much for being here today, man. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And like I was just telling you before we got on started recording that I had been wanting to interview you for a while and it just happened that you posted something about the war machine that the guy, the MMA fighter who beat up his girlfriend really bad and you posted something about it. And I've been following this story too and I just put my two cents that why don't we talk about that for a little bit because I've already introduced you. I've talked about how you're an author, how you're Ivy League educated, how you you 
you're a former fighter and you've also gone around the country interviewing different MMA fighters to get inside their minds. I almost didn't write that article on War Machine just because I didn't want to give it any more attention, but I think it is important to let everyone know that he does not represent MMA fighters as a whole. I think I've been to about 110 gyms, talked with 400 fighters, and that's not even including everyone that I'm interacting with at these gyms. I jump in classes. For the last nine months, I've just been main focusing on jiu-jitsu and at uh, 10th Planet. So I've been, everyone I roll with, I talk with them about what their goals are, why they're doing it, whether or not they ever thought of fighting in the MMA world. And these people are just awesome. Uh, true martial artists are not like that at all. And that's kind of what I wanted to get across with that article. When I tell people that I used to fight before, I tell everyone I wasn't a very good fighter. You know, I gave it a shot. I just didn't have what it took to, you know, I was good in the gym, not so good in the cage, but it's just, I turned away from the sport. I wasn't even a fan of it and was going into this thing. Not really. I wasn't all, yeah, I love MMA fighters. They're just awesome people. I wasn't that way at all. I wasn't watching the sport. I really didn't care for it that much. Now you say before you started fighting, you didn't care or? After, because there was an eight year break. So I believe my last fight was in 2004. I had a really bad concussion, a terrible weight. It was the first time I ever cut weight and I lost 45 pounds in one month. Crazy. Yeah, it was a bad idea. And it was right there in in, uh, Miami. What uh, what event did you fight in? It was, I want to say AFC. I think that's what it was. It was down in Miami, uh, 2004. And it was the first time I got knocked out and I actually lost uh, consciousness for watching the video. I was never knocked out, but there was about a 10 minute window where I don't remember anything. I walked to the locker room. I, I shook hands, watched the locker room. I was changing my clothes, but all I remember is seeing that punch coming and then talking to my coach in the locker room 10 minutes later. So there was like 10 minutes of nothing. So after that, yeah. I, I kind of gave it up. I, I tried one more time to fight again, but I had a bad uh, Achilles tendon tear. And then after that, for eight years, I didn't watch the sport. Like every once in a while, I would watch a fight if I knew someone, but I wasn't a fan. And I, I was trying to understand why would I even do this? What was it that drove me to get in the cage. So I was coming at it, not a fan of the sport at all. But then once I started talking with these guys and training with them and just really seeing who they were, my perspective changed and the project actually changed because I wanted to show what kind of people they were. At first, I was really just trying to understand why they were doing it. But then I was like, okay, these guys have some great stories because I think so many people look up to fighters or their idea of a fighter. And they're these big, tough guys and strong and they can beat up anybody and no one's going to mess with them and I think that's a lot of people that are just fans not knowledgeable fans but of the sport and wearing the tap out shirts and everything else those people they have the complete wrong idea so I'm asking these guys you know what does it mean to be a man what does it mean to be a father really getting at who they are as a person what are their values and I can't wait to put together those compilations so I'm going to show everyone like okay you look up to these people now model your behavior after who they really are because they're some of the most humble generous loyal caring people they're intelligent I can't tell you how many of them have college degrees. I've met several lawyers that have just completely walked away from being a lawyer so they can fight. They're not making any money, but they're happy. They're they're fulfilled. And then just guys coming from all walks of life. And uh, War Machine does not represent the MMA community at all. Out of 400 people I interviewed, one ended up going to prison for drugs. There have been a couple that probably had, everyone's got their issues, but I'd say 90% easily are just great people. Like I would let them stay at my house even if I wasn't there. No, absolutely, man. I've been in the martial arts for 20 years. I've been in Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a bunch of years. And like you, Mark, I think you made an important point where you said fighting wasn't for you. I actually never got a chance to step in the cage. I had a really bad shoulder injury. I did have big dreams about going on the Ultimate Fighter show, about doing some local 
MMA events and doing well and really pursuing that. But after I got that really bad shoulder injury, I was like, I decided to pursue my personal training business instead. And I already had a lot of injuries for that. I just knew my body, if I chose to pursue that path, would not be a long, fruitful career. You know what I mean? We all have to figure out our place in it if we're drawn to that, drawn to the martial arts, drawn to competing. Definitely have to find what our place is. But I'm so glad you came out and said something about War Machine because I was looking at that guy and man, I don't know if you've seen pictures of him, Mark, but he's wearing like, I do alpha male shit (laughs) t-shirt. I'm like, fuck. And the name of my show is Alpha Man Project. Oh God. (laughs) Yeah, I was looking up images that I could share for my article and I saw those ones. I was like, a picture of the dude. I was like, especially especially with that. It's like, he's completely, I think that's a lot of guys look up to him though and and like the kind of person he is. And You think he does? I've never heard about the guy like you after I stopped competing and training so much. I fell off watching fights all the time and also, man, it makes me want to get back in and train and I really need to focus on other things. I've given so much of my life to martial arts and although it's given me a lot back. That's one of the things that I struggled with because I, you know, in those eight years, I really didn't do much. I wasn't lifting weights. I was I was just getting big. I ended up having a, a little girl and I was just getting out of shape. But then I started doing the project and I started training and I started getting getting back into it. I was like, okay. And I even started thinking about fighting again. And I was like, wait, I was like, I'm 40. Right now, I just turned 42. But how could I even be thinking about doing this? But it sucks you back in and then it takes up a lot of your time. And it's really hard when you're trying to balance having a family, work, and then also the martial arts. So trying to find that balance is key. And I've decided, you know, I'm training only twice a week. I drive into downtown LA, which is terrible, but I'm able to train under Eddie Bravo, which is awesome. Meeting so many incredible people from all over the world. They come in to train. You have a role with Joe Rogan? Not yet. I'm hoping to, uh, at some point, I haven't met him yet, but Eddie and I are actually doing a side project where hopefully we might convince Joe to do one of the voices. So we'll see how that works out. Well, that's awesome to hear. I have a ton of respect for Eddie Bravo. He definitely opened up a lot of people's eyes with some unorthodox approaches to jujitsu. He seems like a really cool guy and that's awesome that you get to train in. Mark, I have a lot of respect for you with what you're doing. I mean, you're not fighting, but you are bringing awareness to the reality of who these mixed martial artists are and what they're really about. And like you said earlier, where you get the fans who are like, yeah, I want to be like that guy. He'll mess anybody up. I bet he like knocks people out at the bar. It's like, those guys aren't like that. I train with the Cyborg Abreu down here. Are you familiar with Cyborg? Yeah. Yeah, he's the number one guy in the world right now in jiu-jitsu, just won Abu Dhabi. He is one of the coolest people you will ever meet. But uh, of course, you don't want to grab his girlfriend's butt in the club. (laughs) You'll get a beat down and supposedly some guy did. But he is so generous, so cool. He really wants you to succeed. He wants you to get better. And it's just creating champions because they have both that high level of technique, but also the philosophy and the mental training that goes along with it that, man, I don't know about you, but a lot of other martial arts gyms, I just don't see them instilling that warrior philosophy and those character values. You know what? I think that's really important because when I started this project, I would just, what MMA gym I should go to. It was kind of difficult. And I would go into gyms where it wasn't always, that attitude wasn't there. And especially when they were just trying to raise fighters, because there was a huge difference between martial artists and fighters. When I was in the sport, I would say I was trying to be a fighter. I wanted to be tough. I barely started training. I was like, okay, jump in there and just try 
fight and let's just fight and even with jiu-jitsu that was simply a means of i learned a couple moves i mean i was never very good at it because i just simply other okay i have a head arm choke i have a triangle i have some sweep i was just looking at tools so i wasn't becoming a martial artist i was trying to become a fighter so lots of those things didn't i didn't get lots of those things out of it but now seeing all these seeing the differences between fighters especially young kids that might have a lot of anger and why they're doing it and then seeing guys that came from all that stuff but then martial arts transformed them it's pretty impressive it's like so much respect for martial artists and i try to encourage everyone to get their kids into a program and to really look for that though it's like don't send your kids in to become fighters because you want them to go into the ufc send your kids <laughs> right. in to get make those skills to protect themselves and everything else but i have so much respect for martial artists i think they're just on a different level spiritually mentally and they're just great people to be around it's like why wouldn't you want your kids around that and in that kind of atmosphere but it's definitely something that parents need to go and check out and, and even if you're going to train for yourself you know see what the instructor is like see what see what all the instructors are like see what the fighters are like and uh, just if the gym's the right kind of fit for you yeah great advice and definitely i agree with you that's what attracted me to the martial arts as well and man there it's kind of counterintuitive but the more you do martial arts and the better you become and i'm sure you found this too with all your interviews with the mma athletes it's like those guys don't fight in the bar i remember one of my first jujitsu instructor he was telling a story about how some guy challenged him and this is a, a hicks and gracie black belt from back in the day has a quite a few valley tudo fights where there was no gloves and had butts were still allowed anyway the guy was challenging him to a fight he's like all right yeah i'll fight you but listen you put up five thousand dollars i put up five thousand dollars and whoever wins walks away with the money and the guy was like not prepared for that because so many scuffles and bars it's just ego driven bullshit and he yep. was like yeah i'll fight you but you know let's put some money down and whoever the guy just didn't want anything part of that afterward and he shut things down it was a funny yeah. story yeah and so many guys talk about that not only is it just such a different level because i'm a pretty decent sized guy i'm like 6'2 240 someone on the street might think that tough guy or whatever but you know i was gonna write an article called uh the most submitted man in america i've been tapped by more people around the country than anyone else probably because not only am i kicked by all these fighters that are most of them are smaller than me so that doesn't matter they're just so skillful and they're athletes but then just regular guys in class too you know it's like i'm starting as a, a beginner so i have respect for everybody not only would i not fight because of the respect for just people in general but you don't know what the other people have just tell everyone you know treat everyone with respect if everyone did that just think what a better place this world would be absolutely man i agree with you and that's what it's all about and i love how you say that and by the way i bet you're pretty good man you've trained with some crazy amount of people of with highly skilled people i'm sure you're pretty good it just uh, seems like you're the most top man in america because pretty much 99.9 percent .9 of people would be in that same situation tapping out with all the high level people you roll with you know yeah and that's what i want to show people too is like there's no shame in it and putting yourself in that situation is not an easy thing to do but it is so necessary and so many people they need their ego killed like that especially if you're i was going to kids classes and just watching them i was like wow i was like these kids have so much knowledge like and it's just unbelievable so yeah just i think a lot of people have a false sense of who they really are and the martial arts makes you understand yourself like there is just all on you you know so I think it gives you that mental toughness it, it gets you realistic and it also makes you train that much harder it's like okay i don't want to be submitted by everyone all the time so i need to start training more one thing that i did which was pretty ridiculous was i did not really prepare for any of this i was in such bad shape real heavy 250 just not really in any kind of shape and i just jumped into training 
dealing with the roads. Having such a hard time even making it through classes, I would make excuses just to grab my camera and take some pictures so I can rest. And uh, I should have been training. I should have been getting in shape. I should have been eating better. But for whatever reason, I just wasn't doing that. And then it got to the point where finally I got my butt kicked so bad one day at King's MMA by uh, Fabricio Verdum and uh, Babalu. I got thrown in the cage with them for sparring. Just one round deep. But man, I, I mean, they just, they laid into me. Every time they hurt me, they backed right off. I, I made the mistake of not telling them I wasn't a fighter and that I was a writer. But now after that incident, like I tell everyone, I was like, hey man, I was like, I'm a writer. But one thing I did learn too, I finally got to the point where I had to stop sparring because I was worried about head injuries. I think I talked to Ben Greenfield about that, about, you know, just making that decision that, hey, I, there's no reason why I should be sparring at all. I love it. And it was really hard to tell coaches like, no, I'm not going to do it because I feel like a complete puss, you know. But I realized that was just all ego and I'm a writer. So why am I risking my brain? Like I've already had when I was trying to box professionally, I had several concussions. I was slurring my speech, mixing up my words. So I already experienced that. And then after doing the research lately on, on brain injuries, I was like, I need to stop getting punched in the head. I need to just focus on jujitsu and find a martial art and become a martial artist that way. And, you know, maybe I'm probably going to start competing in jujitsu. And what I found too, is that even though I wanted to fight in training when I was sparring and doing all the MMA stuff, I wanted to fight. And I was planning like, okay, when I release the book, I'm going to fight and whatever. I don't care if I win or lose. I don't even care about the money. I just want to fight. But when I backed off and just started training jujitsu, I realized I was like, no, I was like, that's enough for me. I was like, that's enough competition. That's getting out my, I don't know exactly the reason why I no longer need to fight. If it's maybe I was missing the camaraderie, maybe I just needed to exert myself physically. Maybe I needed to, who knows what it is. I'm sure it's a combination of a lot of things, but now it's nice. Like I went up on this last trip up to uh, Northern California and I was at Alpha Male and AKA and you know, all these great gyms. And I just didn't have the desire to, uh, to even go with the pros anymore. I still wanted to interview them. But I was like, okay, I just want to roll. Like, can I go just roll with guys? That was kind of, that woke me up a little bit. It's like, so even though I had that urge to fight, once I backed off and just started training another sport, it was enough for me. So that was really cool to see. Yeah. I think that's an important point where you, it seems like you had something inside you where you really needed to kind of get in there, get physical and fight. And then now you've evolved, you've gotten some things handled personally, and now you're doing it more for fun or it just sounds when you talk about it, Mark, I hear like you're having more fun now than before. There was something else driving you before, but now you're just trying to have fun and compete. And yeah, you want to learn and be a martial artist and possibly compete in some jujitsu and competitions, but something changed there. And Mark, I remember reading something where you were saying you felt kind of something was off and that's why you were thought kind of bad about yourself because you were drawn to MMA. Can you talk a little bit about that and how your perspective has changed? Yeah, I always thought like, okay, what's wrong with me? And so many fighters will say that too. And they'll say kind of jokingly, but they'll say, oh, there must be something wrong with me. I like to get punched in the face. And there there's definitely something a little bit, you know, different. Let's not say wrong. So that's what I was kind of trying to figure out. And uh, so this whole time, what was great about this thing, this whole journey was having to look back at who I was at that time. Who was I, whatever it was, 15 years ago and so much that I forgot. And also, and then looking at myself, honestly, who I am now and how many of those issues were still there as far as like anger issues for a long time. I was wrote about this about a year ago because I talked with quite a few fighters that were going through a similar 
thing, but I was suicidal. I had suicidal tendencies from like as, long, as young as I can remember, probably from like 10 years old on up until around the time I had my daughter. So I had a lot of those kinds of issues. I had a lot of self-esteem issues. I had a lot of things, just had so much anger because I didn't like myself. I was a perfectionist, which I didn't learn until later in life. Once I learned that, that helped a lot. But Right. You, had your, you have a high standard you're judging yourself to. Yeah. And that's one thing I talk with my kids about all the time. Well, my daughter, I talk with her all the time about it. I was like, you're trying to be perfect. If you have this high standard that you can never reach, you can never reach perfection. So that means you will never be happy with yourself. And that's what I went through for a long time until I finally realized that. I was like, okay. I was like, you know, there's, I'm not shooting for perfection. I'm just shooting to be the best me I can. And I'll be happy with that. And once I let that go, that helped a lot. One of the interviews that really helped me a lot was, and it was at a small gym that if I had a publicist or someone that was helping me direct this whole thing, they would have said, don't go there. There aren't wow. any <laughs> fighters. You know, the, I had advice early on from someone saying, hey, just go to top 12 fighters and you'll have a best-selling book. That's not what I want because I want to know who fighters are. So I'm talking with guys from every part of the country because like, I went to Joe Lozon's gym in uh, side of Boston and all those guys, you know, great guys, but they're all a certain kind where they grew up on WWE and they, a lot of them came from some kind of money, just a, a different background. And then 10 minutes away in the bad part of town, these guys grew up on the streets. They grew up fighting just a whole nother, another level. And the same thing with amateur fighters compared to pros. So I try to talk with all kinds of guys. You never know who you're going to talk with. And I was talking with this guy at a 10th planet Bethlehem in Pennsylvania. And he's talking about why he was fighting and why he stopped. And he's like, man, he's like, like, now I just don't have anything to prove. And, you know, he didn't have anything to prove to himself. And after I got done with that interview, I, I called my wife. I said, no, I was like, I'm ready to write this book because so much of it was me trying to prove that I was a man. And it was just something I never realized it. But that was a huge part of it in my head was a fighter identified as a fighter. I, I was no longer this introvert that was scared to talk to people and shy around girls and, and whatever else. It's like, you know, when I was fighting, all of a sudden, I was uh, the center of attention for a little bit. And I had this identity. I marked the fighter and, you know, that's how my friends thought of me and, and everyone else. So and now it's like, oh no, I was like, I don't need that. I was like, that's not who I am. Like, I'm happy with myself as a person. Like, I still have issues and, and whatever else, but I don't need to prove anything anymore. It's like, and just getting rid of that, trying to impress other people. Just be good with yourself. Be good with your decisions. Be honest with yourself about who you really are and why you're doing the things you're doing. And so that really was a, was a big change for me. And uh, so, yeah, that's why everyone I talk with, it's so cool. Like, because I've kind of backed off on the interviews a little bit. I told my wife, I was like, okay, I was like, I don't need to talk with another wrestler because I, like, wrestlers are awesome. But definitely a different type of fighter. And I get why they're and what it's given them. And man, if, if anyone out there is thinking about having their kids wrestle, like, do it. It's awesome. Like, that will prepare you for life. It's something I wish I had done. I was telling her, I was like, well, I don't really need to talk with these guys. I think I have a, a good idea. But then, you know, just last week and I was at a seminar and I talked with two other fighters and man, it's like every time I talk with someone, everyone has their own story about why they're doing it. And they're just interesting and just their take on life. And one thing that I was, that I really encourage people to do is man, go and talk to someone. It doesn't even have to be a fighter. It doesn't have to be a martial artist. But if you actually go and you listen to what someone else is saying and you try to understand who they are and where they came from and how they got there, to me, that's interesting. It's inspiring. It's pretty awesome. But I think so many of us, you know, it's like when we're going to have a conversation with someone, we're just waiting to say whatever's on our mind. Like, we don't really care what the other person is saying. It's like what I just did. And, I, and I'm exactly like that. But And that's something that I was doing in my interviews, too, when I first started, because 
I saw all the similarities, I wanted to jump in like, oh yeah, you know, I experienced that and I did this. And it took me a while for me to realize it's like, okay, I just need to shut up and, and ask my questions and kind of get in there and explore them a little bit more. Yeah, that's great. I, that's something I learned podcasting too. The same thing that you're talking about. And it's really important. And for you listening out there, if you're the type of guy who's constantly trying to impress people or talk about how good you are or what you know or whatever, Mark, that's such brilliant advice. Start asking people questions. Start talking to people and finding out about what they're about. That's people will like you more, right, Mark? Yeah. People are like, man, you're a good conversationalist. You're like, wow, I didn't, all I did was ask questions. I didn't even really say too much. Well, yep. Mark, I got a question for you, man. So you've talked to all these people from the ghetto street fighting, crazy MMA gyms to the, uh, the little rich kids club where they all get together and train. And you've talked to amateurs, you've talked to pro MMA fighters at the highest level of competition. What lessons have you taken away from that for yourself? You've reached the end of another episode of the Alpha Man Project. Connect with us at alphamanproject.com. Your feedback is really important to us. It helps us learn, develop, and most importantly, improve our podcast for you. Give us a review on iTunes and receive a free grocery shopping list and four-week muscle-building workout. See you next episode.